What's up, everyone? Welcome back to NFL Only here on Spark Talk, and today I will be going over my Week 10 predictions for the NFL season. Uh, the first game I'll get into is the Colts at the Titans, the Thursday night game, and I have the Colts winning 27-24. to uh, uh, Philip Rivers will have a good game this week. Uh, Titans have given up the six most passing yards in the league. Uh, they are the 13th worst uh, defensive completion percentage in the league. And the big thing this week is Titans are the fourth worst uh, pass rushing team in the league. They've they had the fourth least amount of sacks in the league, so they barely get pressures on quarterbacks. And that's the thing that has hurt Phillip Rivers in the coast this year is when teams are able to get pressure on him. Look at the second half of the Baltimore game last week. They were able to get pressure on him, and he made some mistakes. Uh, the Cleveland game. Uh, they got pressure on him, and he made some mistakes. And then you look at week one, Jacksonville was able to get pressure on him uh, in that game, and he made some mistakes. The biggest thing for the Colts is keeping Phillip Rivers clean, and I think they're going to do that this week. Uh, and it's going to limit the turnovers and the mistakes for the Colts this week. Uh, also, the Colts' defense is third in passing yards allowed and sixth in defensive completion percentage. They're the sixth best Uh and Tennessee is uh, middle of the pack on uh, in the uh, passing offense, which Tannehill, I think everybody knows Tannehill at this point, he has to get going through the run game. And the Colts' run defense is the second-best run defense in the league. Uh, and they're going to be able to slow down Derrick Henry in this one, I, I believe. Look at the Bears, what the Bears were able to do last week. They were able to slow down Derrick Henry, and Ryan Tannehill had a bad game. He had a bad game, and and I think it will be the similar this week. Colts' defense, I think, is a little bit better this year than the Bears' defense, and on both aspects, the passing and the run defense, they are better than the Bears, and you're, I think you're going to see that in this game. I think they're, they're going to be able to shut down Derrick Henry, and they're going to be able to shut down Brian Tannehill in the passing game. And the one thing that's different about the Bears and the Colts is the Colts have an offensive line that can protect their quarterback. And the one thing that hurt the Bears last week was their offensive line. They had four different starting offensive linemen uh, last week and uh, due to COVID and due to injuries. And you had a lot of inexperience on the offensive line for Chicago. And Tennessee got after Nick Foles. You're not going to see that this week. Uh, the Colts' offensive line is going to be able to protect uh, protect Phillip Rivers, and he's going he's going to have a good game this week. And we're going to see probably a very similar game, I think, than what we saw with uh, what we saw when the Colts played the uh, the Lions, uh, because Lions uh, another team bomb of the league in sacks, and Phillip Rivers dominated them. And I think we're going to see that again this week as well. So we'll move on to the uh, Texans at the Browns. And I got the Browns winning 35-21. to I think this is going to be a very similar game to what Houston faced in Green Bay. Uh, Cleveland is going to run all over them. Uh, Houston, Houston is just, they have a bad defense in general. Uh, but they have the second worst run defense in the league. And the Browns had the fourth best rushing offense in the league. 
So look for a big game by Kareem Hunt. And Houston, like I said, they have the 10th worst passing defense in the league. So they're, they're just all around bad on defense, uh, which is surprising. They got some very solid players on there. They're just, just I think they're just badly coached. Uh, and a lot of their schemes just don't work uh, anymore. Uh, like I said in the recap show, that's why I think Romeo Cornell is going to get fired. I just think the league has kind of passed him up a little bit. He's one of the more like he's probably the most one of the most likable coaches in the league, and he I think the league has kind of just passed him up a little bit, and I think you're starting to see some of his schemes fall apart, and obviously they're they're uh, bottom ten in both rushing and passing defense, so uh, yeah, and you're just going to see a, a I think you're going to see a pretty solid game from Baker. Just try to get him back into a rhythm. When Baker gets into a rhythm. Uh, like we've seen in his rookie year, when he gets into a rhythm, uh, he tends to play extremely well, and he tends to look like a first overall pick. But when you get him out of rhythm, uh, he just he doesn't like it. It looks like what we saw last year, and it doesn't look good. So if they're able to pound the rock, get him into a rhythm, and maybe get him uh, get him starting to heat up in this final stretch of the season here, when you got, uh, was it the, you got the Titans, you got the Ravens, you got the Raiders, Browns, uh, Colts, and you got the Dolphins, all within two games of each other, or actually all within one game of each other. So this is going to be a tight race to see who gets those final couple spots, uh, or those final wild card spots in the AFC. So the Browns going to have to have Baker Mayfield start to heat up here. In this final stretch, they play the uh, they play the uh, Texans this week. Then they play the Eagles, and then they play the uh, Jaguars. So those are three winnable games uh, right there, where the Browns can get going. They can get Baker uh, start heating up, and then hopefully he uh, starts playing a lot better. Because uh, after the Jacksonville game, they play the Titans uh, in Tennessee, and then they play the Ravens. So he, they're going to have to have Baker on his bet. Uh, playing his best down this stretch if they want to make it to the playoffs. But I, I'm very confident that they're going to win this game. Uh, Cle- uh, Houston's defense is just awful, and I think Cleveland's going to be able to control the clock. He's going to be able to put up some points, and uh, Sean Watson just doesn't have protection this year. Uh, Houston has allowed the eighth most sacks in the league. And, you know, uh, Cleveland's pass rush is just going to get uh, – at him all day, and he's just going to get hit a lot. And I just, I just don't see a lot going for uh, Houston in this one. And I think it's just a bad matchup for him. So I got Cleveland winning 35 to 21. So we'll move on to Washington at Detroit, and I got Washington winning 16 to 13. Uh, Washington will win this game due to their defense, in in particular their pass rush. Washington is the fourth best, uh, or has the fourth most sacks in the league, uh, Detroit over the last two weeks has allowed five sacks, um, or has, yeah, about two weeks ago, they allowed five sacks to, uh, Indianapolis, an above average pass rush, and I think last week they allowed two sacks to, uh, Minnesota, another team that's just average at rushing the passer, so you get one of the best teams that, uh, uh, getting sacks and getting pressure on the quarterback 
in Washington, and I think that's going to create some uh, havoc. And we've seen this year uh, Matthew Stafford coming off the uh, back injury, the back surgery. He just hasn't been the same this year, and he's still, I think, still healing from that and still trying to get uh, trying to get back into football shape a little bit. And and he just hasn't done well against pressure this year. And Washington's going to be able to get pressure on him. And I think Washington's offense is going to be able to do just enough uh, this week. I think they're going to be able to do just enough. Uh, the Lions have a pretty average pass defense, but their run defense is the sixth worst in the league. And if Washington can get the ground game going, can get Antonio Gibson, can get uh, blanking on the uh, other running back. I think J.D. McKissick is who the uh, other running back is. Uh, if they can get them going this week, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, J.D. McKissick and uh, Antonio Gibson. So if they can get them going this week, uh, I think they're going to be able to pull out a win, squeak out a win, and it's going to be a defensive game. It's going to be a tough-fought game. And Washington's going to be able to pull it out, uh, I think. And I think a lot of that has to do with their defense and how great their defense has been and how great their uh, pass defense has been. And they're going to be able to shut down the uh, the air game for uh, Detroit. So I got Washington winning 16-13. to Alright, so we'll move on to Jacksonville at Green Bay. Uh, I got Green Bay winning 42 Uh to 24. Um, it's going to be a big game for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, it's, it's going to be awful. Uh, he might. This game might put Aaron Rodgers a little bit over Russell Wilson in the MVP conversation. Uh, it's going. I think it's going to just nudge him over this week. Just with uh, the two straight losses for uh, Seattle. Oh, I think. I think two straight losses of. Um, not mistaken here. Uh, let me let me look at Seattle's schedule real quick. I think they had a bye week last week. Uh, let me see. No, I'm not. Bad. They they uh, Seattle's one and two in the last three games. They beat uh, San Francisco. I forgot about that game. Uh, and Russell Wilson just hasn't played. He's played really good, but not at the level he was playing earlier in the year. So this might be the game where Aaron Rodgers just nudges over Russell Wilson in the MVP talks. Uh, Jacksonville has the fourth worst pass rushing defense in the league. Uh, they had the third highest completion percentage allowed in the league, and they're and they just they not they're not a very good passing de- uh, pass defense to go up against and are uh, to stop Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers is going to have a field day with them. Uh, I can see Aaron Rodgers playing up four or five touchdowns in this game, uh, maybe getting over three hundred and fifty yards. Uh, it just won't be a good game for Jacksonville. Uh, Jake Gluton, I thought he played. Uh, I think his name Jake. Uh, um, but I, L- Luton or Lutton, I think is how you say his name. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, let me. I forgot. His, I forgot his first name. I think it's Jake. Uh, Oregon State. Yeah, Jake Luton. Yeah. Uh, I thought he played very solid last week against Houston. Uh, and I think he's going to have a solid game this week again. Uh, Green Bay's secondary has been very disappointing. Uh, they got Darnell Savage, uh, Kevin King's pretty solid. Jamari Alexander has been the most consistent player on that secondary. And Adrian Amos has also been kind of disappointing as well this year. Uh, Green Bay has the second worst defensive completion percentage or completion percentage allowed. 
and they're just middle of the pack in sacks and yards. So their pass defense has just been it's been very disappointing, especially what we saw from them last year. And I think uh, Jake Lutton's going to have another pretty solid game, and maybe submit himself as a career backup, or if he has a good enough game, maybe uh, submit himself as a maybe the starter for the rest of the year for Jacksonville. Uh, and I, but I just don't count on uh, I just don't count on Jacksonville to do well. The one thing that go that has been going well for them is running the football. They're one they're one of the uh, best teams on yards per carry running the football, and they're able to pound the rock and they're able to chew clock. Maybe they have a chance. I just don't see it this week though. But I just don't I just don't see it this week. They're not going to be able to stop Aaron Rodgers and. I don't. I really don't see how Green Bay punts in this game. I really don't. I don't see how Green Bay is going to punt in this game, and just one punt by Jacksonville, I think, ends the game here. So I got Green Bay winning forty-two to twenty-four. So we'll move on to the uh, probably one of the most important games this week: the Eagles at the Giants. And I got the Giants winning twenty-four to twenty. Uh, I've liked what I've seen from the Giants recently, the last five games in particular. Uh, They lost a close game to Dallas on a last-second field goal due to an incredible catch by Michael Michael Gallup and an incredible throw by Andy Dalton on the sideline there. That was just an amazing play. You can't really do much on that. And they go and they kick the game-winning field goal, uh, and that's how the Giants lose that game. Uh, then they go and they beat Washington uh, in a close game. They're able to stop them on a two-point conversion and win the game. Then they barely lose to Philadelphia due to a drop pass and an incredible throw uh, to Boston Scott uh, from Carson Wentz in that fourth quarter. And they allowed Philadelphia to come back and win that game. Uh, and then they barely lose to Tampa due to their own mistakes. They lost themselves that game. They controlled the whole game. And they lost themselves the game on that one due to bad decisions by Daniel Jones and just giving them short field position. And it just happened just to be a game where they just beat themselves. And then last week they go and they beat Washington. Uh, I'm very confident in where the Giants are at right now. This team could easily be uh, a winning record team right now. Uh my, if they go and they take away that big that big play by uh, Andy Dalton, they are was it three and six at the moment. Uh, you go and you say if Evan Ingram catches that pass, they're uh, whether four and five, and then say if they hold on against Tampa, uh, they're five and four this year. That's that's how I think I think that's how good and underrated the Giants have been this year. Uh, they have been a pretty solid team this year, and don't count them out in this game at all. Don't count them out. Uh, if the Giants don't beat themselves with turnovers in this game, I think they will win this game. Uh, they dominated uh, the last time they played Philadelphia in Philadelphia, and I think they're going to dominate uh, in New York this week. Uh, look for Jason Garrett to draw up some uh, some of those trick plays, those reverses, so those uh, those double reverses this week to get the ground game running because the ground game for New York has struggled uh, a lot this year. And that's been when Jason Garrett has been able to draw up some of those plays, that's when the ground game has been able to get going. And look for them to continue the uh, short, quick passage for Daniel Jones, D. 
to get him into a rhythm and then maybe take a deep shot later in the game that could be the difference in the game. Uh, and I, I, I think everybody knows Philadelphia has a great shot at winning this game. They're a lot more talented. Uh, they're expected to have Alshon Jeffrey back in this game. But I, like they, they fool around with teams too much for me. They play too many close games. They fool around with teams way too much. Uh, if you look at the 49ers game, when uh, they were facing Nick Mullins, they played around with them way too much. Uh, the Giants game, the Cowboys game, they played around with them way too much in that game, and they almost cost them. And it did cost them against the Steelers and the Ravens, where they they just don't play four quarters of football, and it, and it either cost them games or it almost cost them games. And it could cost them this week against the Giants as well. And I think that's going to happen. And I think Giants are going to be able to pull out an upset win here uh, against Philadelphia. And I got the Giants win 24-20. to So we'll move on to uh, Tampa uh, at Carolina. And Carolina has allowed the set... Or uh, not allowed... Carolina has the uh, the least amount of sacks uh, on the or the second least amount of sacks on the year uh, this year. Uh, And the last couple of weeks, the secondary has been really exposed by uh, by Matt Ryan and by Pat Mahomes. Uh, Their secondary is starting to fall apart. Their uh, passing their pass coverage defense is starting to crumble a little bit, and it's costing them. Uh, these games here. Uh, let me let me see if I can get up the stats for the uh, Falcons game and the Chiefs game. Yeah, so Matt Ryan had 281 yards in that game, and a more, majority of that came in that first quarter. Uh, and then Pat Mahomes, obviously, he went. Uh, he had 372 yards and four touchdowns. So Carolina has been struggling. Uh, in their secondary a little bit, and the struggles are going to continue uh, this week. Uh, I got Tampa Bay winning 38-24 to uh, in this game, and a lot of that is going to have to do with their lack of pass rush and their secondary uh, not being very good uh, at all and starting to get exposed. And I think we're going to see Tom Brady and those weapons for Tampa Bay start to expose them uh, even more this week, and a lot of that's going to have to do with the lack of pass rush for Carolina. I've been, if you've listened to this podcast the whole season, uh, I've just been harping on Tom Brady because he has been very poor under pressure this year. Uh, he has been absolutely not good under pressure, and it's it's he's done a 180 almost where he used to be amazing under pressure, where uh, he's able to get the ball out quickly, get it accurately to his uh, receivers, and they're able to move the ball down the field against pressure, and that was Tom Brady's game. But right now, it seems like every time there is pressure on him, either he wants to like launch it at his receivers like, from short distances. Those are hard to catch. And either that, he's just off the mark on a lot of these throws. And we're starting to see that uh, from Tom Brady when he gets pressure on him. Uh, he starts to make mistakes, and uh, and when he doesn't get pressure, when the teams don't uh, pressure him at all, uh, let me see here real quick. Uh, they went they went that once they went throughout the stretch here uh, 
yeah, before the Giants game, they went, uh, I think they went the full two games with the Packers and the Raiders where they didn't allow a sack. And Tom Brady played phenomenal. Uh, he played pretty. He played okay in the Green Bay game, but he played phenomenal in the uh, Raiders game. He played really good in the Chargers game and the Broncos game. Uh, two games where he didn't uh, have a lot of pressure on him throughout those games, and we're gonna see that again this week. We could see another game where Tom Brady throws for over 400 yards. Uh, he has four or five touchdowns. And we could just see one of those games this week from uh, Tom Brady. And it's going to be due to the lack of pressure from Carolina. Uh, but but I think uh, Teddy Teddy's going to have a solid game. Uh, Teddy's going to have a solid game this week. Uh, Tampa Bay secondary isn't the best. They're starting to get exposed themselves. And look for Carolina to attack. Their aggressiveness, like New Orleans did and like the Giants did, where they're attacking their aggressiveness on this in the secondary, uh, and look for them to do some double moves, to do some pump face, and maybe look for a big play by uh, Robbie Anderson uh, in the game or Curtis Samuel in the game. Uh, and if CMC does play, uh, I've been hearing like mixed stuff about him. Where is a possibility he could play? Is a possibility he doesn't play? Uh, I wouldn't count on him playing, but if he does play, uh, I think this game's going to be closer uh, than 38-24. It could be very similar to the last uh, score. It could be like a, or similar to the Chargers score, be like a 38-31 game. It could be within a uh, within a touchdown type of game if Christian McCaffrey plays. But if he doesn't, I think Tampa Bay is going to be able to uh, be able to control this game throughout and. Uh, just dominate this game, and I'm expecting him not to play in this game. So I got Tampa Bay winning 38 to 24. So we'll move on to Denver versus Las Vegas, and I got Las Vegas winning 24 to 17. Uh, Denver, I think, matches up well against uh, the Raiders. I think they really do. I think they match up pretty well uh, against the Raiders, but I think this game will be decided on. Uh, really the passing game and which team is more consistent in the passing game. Uh, the Raiders, I think, will get pressure on Drew Locke this week. Uh, Drew, Rock, Drew Locke struggles this year. I think have a lot have, have been on the offensive line and the pressure uh, he has. And we've seen that through a lot of the Denver quarterbacks since uh, Peyton Manning left. Just the O-line's been really bad. And... They just let up a lot of pressures. They let up a lot of sacks, and they've given up the most, uh, the twelfth most sacks this year. Twenty-one total sacks this year, uh, and I think I, that is contributing to Drew Lock's struggles uh, this year as well. And if you go flip the side here, Denver actually has a top ten pass passing uh, or pass rush defense, or top ten in sacks, and I think they will get to Derek Carr as well. But not as much as I think the Raiders will get to Drew uh, Locke in this game. And, oh, the Raiders Raiders have one of the best offensive lines in the league. I think they paid the most if you look at the salary cap. Uh, they Their offensive linemen cost the most in the league. Their starting offensive linemen do. And I think uh, Richie Incognito is still out, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, uh, let me see here real quick. I think he, I want to say he's... Uh, 
still out uh, in the uh, this week. Let me see here. Uh, yeah, I think he's still out. So, uh, like they're like they've had some injuries on the offense line where Trent Brown get his lung punctured. Uh, but they've still been a pretty uh, good offensive line this year, and they've been phenomenal when all five are healthy. Uh, and if Trent Brown is able to play this week, uh, and is able to go, I think, I think, uh, it'll just benefit the Raiders a lot, and when they're, when all five of their offensive linemen are in, their run game is phenomenal. Josh Jacobs, it looks like a top five running back in the league. I still think he's one of the best in the league, uh, but the offensive line just doesn't get enough push when all five of them aren't playing, or at least four of them are playing. And I think I think it will be just enough this week. Uh, Denver is uh, I think okay uh, on defense. They have a lot of inju- uh, injuries this year. Obviously Von Miller not being there, uh, and they've had other injuries as well to the defense. But I just I let, the Denver Denver had just had so many injuries this year. I think they could have been a lot better team. But the injury bug had just hurt them a lot. Uh, a lot of Julok's weapons have been out this year, or they've been out for a lot of the year, and he just hasn't developed chemistry with them. And I think we're going to see that in this game. I think it's going to hurt them uh, in this game. But the way Denver, I think, does win this is to make uh, the Raiders one-dimensional by stopping Josh Jacobs. Uh, Las Vegas has the... Uh, not Las Vegas. Uh, oh, my, I'm blanking here on it, but, uh, if they're able to stop, uh, Josh Jacobs this week, I think they're going to be able to, uh, make them one-dimensional, make them a pass-happy team, and then I think Denver can come in with their rushing offense, which has been pretty solid this year, against Raiders, uh, run defense, which is 11th worst in the league, uh, and they'll be able to chew clock in this game. If I'm Denver, don't put the game on Drew Locke. Uh, don't put the game on this bad offensive line. Put the game on Philip Lindsay. Put the game on uh, Melvin Gordon and uh, Royce Freeman, and put and allow them to carry the load in this game if you want to win it. But I just don't see that happening. Uh, and I got the Raiders winning 24 to uh, 17. So we'll move on to the Chargers at Miami. And. I got the chart or my, my I got the Dolphins winning uh 34 to 28. Uh look for a big game. <clears throat> look for a big game by uh Herbert and Tua. Both have below average. Both Miami and the Chargers have below uh average pass defenses. So look for a big game by both of them. I think this might be one of the best rookie quarterback duels uh we'll ever see. I think this has the potential to be that both have extremely good weapons uh, on both on uh, both side, on both teams. Uh, you got Devontae Parker, Preston Williams, you got Gasicki uh, for Miami, and then for for the Chargers, obviously you got Keenan Allen, you got Mike Williams, uh, Hunter Henry. You got a bunch of weapons on the Chargers as well. So we're going to see a very, I think, a high scoring game. But the one difference in this game. I think it's going to be Miami's pass rush. I think they're going to get to uh, Justin Herbert a good amount in this game. And their turnovers, their ability to create turnovers, uh, the Miami defense, 
Uh, we've seen it the last couple of weeks uh, where they where their defense just dominated. The Rams had uh, well, I want to say two two defensive touchdowns, and last week they had a defensive touchdown against Arizona that won them the game. That was the difference in the game. So I think that's going to be a big part in this game here is if Miami can create a turnover uh, in this game or create a couple turnovers in this game, I think they're going to be able to pull it out uh, and win this game. But the, don't don't sla- uh, don't overlook the Chargers. The Chargers, all their losses this year, if I'm not mistaken, I can double check it real, real quick. All their losses this year have been by... A single within the within a single score. So they lost by three to the Chiefs, lost by five to the Panthers, uh, seven to the Buccaneers, three three to the Saints. They lost by one to the Broncos, and they lost by five to the Raiders. So all their losses this year have been by a single uh, have been by a single possession, uh, and I think it's going to be the same way this year. Uh, I think Miami. We're starting to see them learn how to win. And once you learn how to win with a young team that is very well coached, has a lot of t- young talent on the team, once you, once you start learning to win, uh, you, you just get the ball rolling. You start to get on a roll here. And when you look at the Chargers, they just haven't learned how to win. So they lose these close games. And I think once the Chargers figure out how to win these close games, they could po- possibly get on a roll Maybe get to like eight and eight, seven to nine this year, and have some momentum going into the going to the next season. But I just don't see that uh, in this game. I think Miami is going to be able to create some turnovers, uh, have uh, trick Justin Herbert into making a couple uh, rookie mistakes, and I think they're going to be able to pull it out. So I got Miami winning thirty-four to twenty-eight. So the next game is the Bills at the Cardinals, and I got Arizona winning 27 to 24. Uh, I think Arizona is going to have a lot of success on the ground this week. Uh, Arizona is the second best rushing team in the league, uh, yards per carry wise, and uh, Buffalo has the eighth worst run defense in the league, uh, yards per carry wise as well. Uh, and look for Kyler Murray. It's kind of like a bold prediction this week. Look for Kyler Murray to get over 100 yards rushing this week. And I think that's going to be a big difference here uh, in this game is which quarterback uh, this uh, in this game can create stuff out of broken plays and do the uh, and cr- do that the most and ability to get away from sacks, get away from uh, the pressure and make some plays. And I think Kyler Murray has a little bit better ability at doing that than Josh Allen does, and I think it's going to. Uh, help them pull it out in this one. Uh, but Josh Allen is going to have a good game. I think we're going to see Josh Allen uh, start to get on a roll here and start continuing his uh, really good play that he started last week against Seattle. Uh, Arizona has a pretty uh, average pass rut, or my uh, passing defense, uh, yards per uh, yards per game allowed. But uh, but they're like I said earlier, their pass rush is really good. I think they're going to be able to get to Josh Allen a good amount. Uh, and get him down more than I think Buffalo's uh, sixth. Uh, they Buffalo's uh, tied for sixth most in sacks. So both of them are top ten uh, pass rushing teams in the league. They get to the quarterback a lot, 
And I think Kyler Murray just has that ability to get out of those pressures a little bit better than Josh Allen. And that's going to be the difference in this game. And I think Buffalo, they have a weakness on defense. It's their, uh, it's their run defense. When, when a team is able to run on them and run effectively on them, they lose. Look at uh, Tennessee. They, uh, they absolutely dominate them in that game. Look at Kansas City. Uh, Kansas City dominated them in that game. And then look at New England a couple weeks ago. Uh, New England was pounding the rock against them. But they happened, and New England was on the verge of winning that game, and then Cam Newton fumbles the football. So if Arizona can get the ground game going, which I think they will, and what they've been doing all year, um, even not even just the ground game, just Kyler Murray getting uh, scrambling for a couple yards, scrambling for first downs, like he's done so well this year, uh, I think is going to be the difference in the game, along with uh, Kyler's playmaking ability is going to be the difference. So I got Arizona winning 27 24. So we'll move on to uh, Seattle uh, at the Rams. And I got Seattle winning 28 to 25. Uh, I'm going to start with some positives for the Rams here. The Rams are fifth most in sacks. They had the second best passing uh, pass defense this year, uh, yards, yards per game allowed. But they haven't faced Russell Wilson yet. That's the negative. They haven't faced Russell Wilson yet. Uh, Los Angeles versus teams with winning records as of now, uh, they are 1-2. and two. They are 1-2. and two. Uh, They got beat by Miami and Buffalo, and they obviously beat Chicago, who's the other winning record. Uh, the only other top 10 passing team they have faced, or the Rams have faced this year, was Buffalo. And I know they played Dallas. Dallas is still a top ten passing defense or top ten uh, passing offense this year. But they played them week one. This week one, uh, week one this year was a uh, really weird due to COVID and due to all this other stuff. So I'm going to kind of exempt that game. But and then look at this Buffalo game here, where Josh Allen dominated them through the majority of that game, uh, and then the Bills obviously. Uh, kind of let them back into the game a little bit, and a lot of that had to do with the momentum swing with the uh, interception that probably shouldn't have been an interception on Josh Allen. And they started getting the game rolling. They started uh, The Rams started to run the football against the Bills, and it set up a lot of stuff for, Josh, uh, for Jared Goff in this game. And the thing is, though, Seattle's run defense is the fourth best in the league. They will slow down this Rams rushing attack uh, and make the Rams dependent on Jared Goff this week. And I don't trust Jared Goff to go and win them the game. Uh, I know Seattle has the worst passing defense in the league, uh, but their run defense is so good. And Jared Goff has not been good when the run game isn't going for the Rams. And I think we're going to see that this week. I think we're going to see what Seattle actually is really good at, which is stopping the run. And we're going to see them. We're, and we're going to see how Jerry, how good Jared Goff actually is in this game. Uh, are we going to see him struggle versus a poor, uh, poor passing defense? Uh, or are we going to see him shine and get through? This game is going to be dependent on if Jared Goff. Uh, 
can play well in this game and can play good. That's what this game is going to be dependent on. Uh, it's not going to be dependent on the Rams rushing attack or him playing off the run game. I think the the game's going to be dependent on if Jared Goff can get can get the ball rolling and actually play like the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. I think that's what this game's going to come down to. Russell Wilson's going to get his. Can Jared Goff uh, match up with it and win, win the Rams the game? And I just don't think he will. So I got Seattle winning 28 to 25. So I'm going to keep this next one short and sweet. I got the 49ers versus, or, at, or the, no, my bad. The 49ers are at New Orleans. I got New Orleans winning 42 to 14. San Francisco is just so beat up right now. They have so many people in COVID, uh, COVID protocols and restrictions and all that. And I just don't see them winning this game at all. I just don't see it. Uh, the Saints have been red hot. They've been on fire. They pulled a very tough game against the Bears a couple weeks ago, and then they demolished uh, the Buccaneers last week on Sunday night. I just don't see that. Uh, I just don't see it this week against the... Uh, uh, well, I just don't see the Saints losing this game this week against a very banged-up 49ers team that... Did, like, I think they had a really good matchup against the uh, Packers if they ran the football a good amount. They decided not to and throw the football. And if we see that again this week, uh, I, it's not going to be a. It's going to be another poor result by San Francisco. And also, New Orleans is one of the best teams. That start, they're a top five uh, run defense in the league. So San Francisco is just not going to be able to get enough on offense going. And. Saints are going to be able to pick apart the, this banged up set, uh, this banged up defense for San Francisco, and it's just not going to be a fun game to watch. So I got New Orleans winning forty-two to fourteen. So the next game uh, is Cincinnati uh, at Pittsburgh, and I got Pittsburgh winning twenty-eight to twenty. Uh, this will be a long game for Joe Burrow. This will be a long game for him. Uh, Pitt has the most sacks in the league, uh, and Cincinnati has given up the second most sacks in the league. It's going to be a long day for Joe Burrow. Uh, Joe, this might be Joe Burrow's worst game as an NFL quarterback. Uh, Pitts, uh, Pittsburgh's pass defense has allowed the fifth least uh, amount of yards per game this year, and their first in completion percentage. And you add these, and you add the sack total onto that. Uh, it's going to be a tough game for Joe Burrow. I just don't see. Uh, him really be, being able to do much. I think he could get some garbage time uh, touchdowns uh, in this game to make the game look a little bit better. But I just don't, I just don't see uh, Cincinnati or my bad, Joe Burrow having a lot of success this week against this uh, Steelers defense. But if you look on the flip side, Cincinnati's actually had a uh, pretty okay de- uh, passing defense this year and a pretty uh solid uh just defense in general uh except for the run defense I'll get into that here in a sec but the uh but Cincinnati I think we'll have a solid game against Ben so don't be surprised if Ben doesn't have a big game this week uh Cincinnati's seventh uh is seventh best in completion uh completion percentage allowed this year so they're they've actually been pretty solid in the secondary this year but Cincinnati's downfall is their running game, like I, like I just said. They are the worst at stopping the run this year. And James Conner and Benny Snell are going to have a big game this week. And I think that's what's going to carry Pitt through this game is 
uh, James Conner and Benny Snell in that rushing attack. And it's, I don't think it's going to be a very exciting game to watch. It's going to be a slow burner where I think James, I think it's going to be a lot of running from Pittsburgh this week and kind of giving Ben a little bit of rest. He got banged up last week against uh, Dallas. So I think we're going to see Ben uh, just kind of, kind of take an off week this week and just allow the running attack, uh, rushing attack for Pitt take over uh, this game and win them this game. So I got Pitt winning 28-20. to 20. So we'll move on to the Sunday night game, the Ravens at the Patriots. And I got Baltimore winning 35-17. to 17. I think Baltimore will run all over New England in this game. 11, all right, New, New England is the 11th worst rushing defense in the league versus Baltimore, who has the third best rushing offense in the league. Uh, New England, I think, will have success themselves uh, on the ground as well. They're tied for the best, uh, their fifth best rushing offense in the league, where uh, Baltimore is tied for the worst run defense in the league. And I think New England, the way they stay into this game is uh, running the football, getting uh, Cam Newton uh, going in these quick passing games like they did last week against uh, against New York. But Baltimore has some very aggressive corners. Uh, if Marlon Humphrey can be back this week, I think he was in COVID pro- protocol last week. If he's back this week, uh, and you got obviously Marcus Peters as well. Very aggressive corners, so I would not want to attempt a lot of quick short passes in this game to get Cam Newton going early because Marcus Peters will be tempted to jump one of those passes and maybe have a pick six in this game, and we might see one. Uh, so I just I just think Baltimore is going to be able to dominate in the ground game like they did, I think, last year on the Sunday night game. They were just able to dominate uh, in the running game. Uh, both teams are like bottom five in passing, but I think Baltimore is, has a lot to do with that with the style of offense they run, where they just pound the rock, where they only throw it maybe 20, 20 times, uh, twenty five at the most a game. And New England, their passing uh, offensive woes have been due to Cam Newton's poor play, and I think we might see that pop up in this game as well. Uh, Baltimore has a top five uh, pass rushing team in the league, and I think we're going to see. Uh, Camp Newton get hit a lot. He's gonna get a lot of pressure on him. The way they, the way New England does win this game though, is by running the football and by being consistent at running the football. Uh, and but I just don't see them, I just don't see them outdoing Baltimore in that department. And I see Baltimore kind of just running away with this one. Maybe in the fourth quarter, I can see it being like uh, twenty-one to seventeen going to the fourth, and then. Uh, Baltimore scores like two touchdowns, maybe has like a pick six to make it 35-17 or something like that in this game, and they just kind of run away with it in the fourth. So I see that's how I see this game playing out. So I got Baltimore winning 35-17. to So the last game of the week, the Monday Night Football game, the Minnesota Vikings versus the Chicago Bears. And if Chicago does not win this one, it's probably the last time I pick them this year to win a football game besides the Jacksonville and the Houston game coming up. But I got Chicago winning 20-13. to 13. Uh, Chicago's defense has held Kirk Cousins uh, under 20 points in the last two games they played against him. Uh, 
in, in the first game, uh, Kirk Cousins played the uh, first game of the 2018 season because uh, they've only played him three times. Uh, I think the last game of last season, uh, they benched him because they already had uh, clinched their playoff spot, so he didn't play against the Bears last or that second game. He didn't play against them. But the uh, first game, Kirk Cousins did play against them. All his, all the points came in garbage time. Uh, and that's how he got the 20 points. So really, Kirk Cousins hasn't got over 20 points uh, in three games against the Bears. And I see the same thing happening this week as well. But the question comes to, can the Bears offense get anything going? Can they get anything going? And that's that's where the question comes in. I for me as a Bears fan, I got faith in them. It's probably a little bit of bias going this way. Like probably Minnesota is probably going to win this game, but uh, I just, but where does this offense go? It, this will be the deciding factor in the Bears season. If they can pick up this win, maybe get some momentum going. Uh, I think we're going to see the Bears start getting on the roll here. They play Green Bay next week. I think on Sunday night. Uh, and they need this win. They need this win to get them going for the rest of the year. Uh, and you have to find something that, on the offense. So look for Nagy, uh, especially with the offense line at the state of where, it, where it's at. Look for Matt Nagy to drop some quick passes to keep uh, Nick Foles from getting hit a lot. And maybe look for... Uh, the Bears to run some play action, maybe try to get the ground game going. Uh, Minnesota's run defense has been pretty solid this year, but look for Matt Nagy to try to establish the run uh, without Cordero Patterson, hopefully, and just just see how the Bears are running their offense uh, in this game. Look through the first quarter uh, of this game. If the Bears' offense is struggling, uh, don't look for uh, don't look for much from them in this game, but if the Bears defense can create some turnovers, maybe get a, uh, a score on defense, I think that will be that would be huge for the Bears. But I do think the Bears defense will hold Minnesota uh, like they've been the last couple uh, the last three games against Kurt Cousins. They've held them under twenty points, uh, and uh, just allow. Uh, and just allow the Bears offense to just score the minimum. Just score the minimum to win this game. Uh, and I think the Bears should be able to do that. So I got the Bears winning 20-13. And, uh, that, and that wraps it up. So thank you all for listening. Uh, make sure to like it. Uh, share it if you liked it that much. Uh, make sure to rate it five stars. And obviously I say this every week. Uh, if you have... If you have any criticisms, just let me know. Uh, I always love to get better. I always love to try to make this more enjoyable for y'all listening. Uh, so if y'all have any criticisms, just let me know. And I can try to fix it. I can try to get better just to make it more enjoyable for y'all listening. So uh, thank y'all again for uh, listening to the, uh, for, to what is this, been three years of doing this. We're almost done with our third year. So just thank y'all again for listening. I think we're over 30... Uh, 3,500 total plays. So I just want to say thanks to all who's listened and to uh, everybody who's just supported this and the people who consistently support this. So just thank you all again for just staying with us and hopefully we can, uh, hopefully I can grow it a little bit. Hopefully if Houston's able to come back, uh, we're able to grow it together. But 
just hopefully we can just grow this thing and make it uh, pretty popular and make it enjoyable for a lot more people as well. So just uh, thank you all for everybody who just listened like even once. Just thank you all for uh, just coming in and tuning in to watch me talk uh, for an hour about football. So just thank you all again uh, for that. And I will talk to you uh, on the recap uh, what next Tuesday. So, yeah, I will talk to you then. Uh, see you all later. Bye.